What's up, everybody? Welcome to KBN Live. Coming back on a Monday night. We are dead on time tonight. Excited about that. Ryan, what's up, buddy? Ooh, man, hard to believe. Look at us go. Right. Yeah, are you on the road or at home? Uh, on the road. I, I got to be in Montgomery, Alabama, bright and early tomorrow. All right. So we're going to do a little, little something different tonight. Uh, Ryan and I are going to hit on a few issues from the group page uh, before we bring our, our special guest, guest in. We've got Scott from Hog, Farm, Hog Farmer Bait Company with us. Uh, he'll be in in just a minute. As you see at the bottom there, we're doing a giveaway tonight. I don't think we've ever done a giveaway on this thing, have we, Ryan? Uh, only advice. That's all we've given away. Uh, only good advice and opinions. <laughs> Unsolicited opinions. Unsolicited, uh, yes. Yeah. So as you see down there at the bottom, there's a $100 hog farmer uh, gift bag that they've been willing to give away for us here. All you got to do, share the stream, like the hog farmer Facebook page, and we'll we'll announce the winner at the end of the show. So so there you go. That's going to be that's gonna be fun. We'll see. Uh, First time y'all ever been on time. That's right. We ought to get an yeah, award for that. Y'all give us thinks some. he's funny. We've been on time at least two two other occasions in the last couple of years. Yeah, man. Yeah. I, th- I think we've been early once, maybe. I don't know. That was pre-COVID. We, we, were, we were early pre-COVID. Yeah, that's yeah. that's going to be our, our scapegoat, too. Everybody else is using it, so. COVID yeah, counts. so, yeah. It hadn't, had, hadn't been a whole lot happened on the Facebook page, and then in the last few days, a few things happened just in general in the kayak fishing world that we need to talk about, don't we? I agree, yeah. So AJ today, you know, as as things are kind of progressing and, and tournament season's getting ready to kick off in a couple months, now's the time when all these tournament series get their year-end events wrapped up and then start preparing for next year. So, you know, Hobie BOS series being the leader that they are, post polls to basically get, you know, advice from the anglers that, that go fish these tournaments onto what they would like to see changed and, and kind of their opinions on things. And, and boy, that, uh, that got fired up pretty quick there, I think. Yeah, it did. Uh, and it, there were quite a few that came out just today. Which one did kind of stuck out to you? There's one that I would like to see change personally. The others. Uh, I, I honestly know. both, like I see from, from a lot of people's perspective, the boundaries and the launches might not be that big of a deal. Like these lakes behind me, like, I don't care you know if what launches they have open or what you know because you know the water but people coming in from outside they i guess there's been some scenarios where people feel like they might be at a disadvantage or you know a local angler knew of one little ditch or whatever that you could get into and that's the only person that could launch there you know get accessibility space wise whatever Uh, i think there's been some things like that come into play and then you know, what is a public launch uh, has, has came into play on a few different tournaments. It puts a lot of extra stress on the tournament directors. You know, you can't police everything. And when you're trying to run a tournament and run it well, I think having 50 phone calls about <laughs> some things that might not even be that big of a deal, that can't possibly help things go more smoothly. So, I mean, I think that's definitely an issue worth touching on. Uh, what's your opinion on it? Yeah, I mean, as kayak anglers, that's kind of one of our deals is we can get and launch where other people can't. Uh, but it does start getting into some gray area when you're talking about locals or people that that know about certain spots that others may not. Uh, I don't know. Maybe that's the way that we can advantage on it. I can get an advantage on each other. But my my thing that I we've talked about it on this show a few times is 
the, the pre-fishing limits. That's the one that really stuck out to me yeah. are the pre-fishing timeframe. I don't know where they're going to go with that, but I've always been kind of a three or four day official practice period person uh, because there is a handful of folks that can go a week, two weeks ahead of time and sit on a lake. I I'm not even worried the about the local. I knew that's the one you wanted to touch on. That's yeah. why I took the one about ramps. I can care less about ramps. I don't care where yeah. you launch. But. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, you know, I think time on the water is, is something that you can equalize for everybody. That doesn't mean they're equal talent or equal intellect, but you can equalize that time at least. So as this continues to grow and the thing gets bigger and the pot gets bigger, you know, and, and we start to see the transition of some people starting to be able to do it full time. And, and, you know, it's great that we have people that, you know, maybe retired or, or their spouse, you know, supports them chasing the dream or whatever. But for the majority of anglers, uh, most of us work some sort of regular job. And, you know, while we can take off for a couple big tournaments a year, I don't know of anybody that their job is like, you know what, take off 12 weeks a year and go see what you can do with this kayak fishing thing. I mean, that just, that doesn't happen often. So I think that is, now we're at the point to where there's got to be some kind of balance there. And you see the pros do it now. You know, they have yeah. huge off-limits periods on the water where they can't be on the water and they can't talk to anybody about, you know, anything at all, uh, you know, coming from that lake, be it, you know, patterns, weather conditions, anything. They have to call and report it immediately. Uh, that's part of their deal and, and being able to pass a polygraph test uh in the in the big event so I, I think i think it's a good plan i really do uh steve-o and i talked about it earlier he, he three and three would be a great rule you know three weeks out three days before uh that's yeah. it's simple it's easy to remember i guess two and two would work the same way uh, but you also have to take into account what you're bringing to these municipalities so the the anglers coming in town and booking hotel rooms or campsites or whatever impacting that local economy you still want to keep you know four or five days would be optimal just yeah. for you to be able to leverage as a as a tournament to pull in that that extra money from the municipalities yeah and even if you had an official pre-practice where you would entice people to come down for a weekend two weeks before the tournament and then come back you know yeah yeah uh, I don't know. There's something needs to be done because now do I think it would change the outcome? I think the same people will probably still win. Uh, probably, but it, but it, from a competition standpoint, it levels the playing field. You know what I mean? I think especially the way conditions change and things like if you got somebody that, that can go <laughs> sit on this lake for two or three weeks out, uh, they're, they're going to see a lot more variables and it's right. going to be a lot easier to adjust. And, and people say, you know, local knowledge, that's true. Local knowledge is, is a huge factor. It always is. But as we've seen in, in a lot of these tournaments, it's very rare that the person that actually, you know, lives on the lake is the one who, who wins that tournament. Now they, I'm not saying they don't finish in the top 10 or even top five, but a lot of times it's somebody coming from outside, a fresh set of eyes, breaking things down brand new that, that tends to do better. Yeah. And, you know, kudos to Hobie and AJ for even asking people what their opinion was on that, because I don't know what they're going to do with it, but it's nice that they actually listen to the anglers. They did that when they built the series and they're still doing it. So shout out to them. And it's that. shown like you, you see, you see the support and you see the response across the industry uh, when you care about the customers themselves. And I'm not talking about ask questions that you don't want to hear the answer to, but ask questions and really take the answers into account. I mean, that's what's really driving the growth and the success that, that they're seeing right now.
Yeah. And one more thing before we, before we get Scott in here, the biggest news of the day to me was I saw an announcement on the Bass Nation page. Steve yeah. Owens, our guy, Steve Owens, stepping away from uh, being the tournament director for Bass Nation Kayak Series. That is huge. I didn't even know what to make of that. <laughs> me either. Like I said, I was talking to Steve earlier today, and he kind of <laughs> he kind of said something, and I didn't know if I if I heard it or if I didn't hear it. And then I saw it post, and I was like, "That's that is exactly what he said." And I just completely, you know, grazed right over it. I wasn't even paying attention. Steve's done so much, and I know they've been out for a year. I know they have, but Steve Steve kind of put the team on his back there, and and really carried the the brunt of of making that series a success you know hats off to you steve-o you you did great with it and uh i hope they can find something to you know fill that void i think i think the bass series has a lot of potential uh, obviously it was year one there's some growing pains uh hopefully they again listen to the feedback of the anglers but we still don't even have a tournament schedule out for next year and that's kind of a pain point for people like me like i want to plan and know, you know, how many weeks I'm going to need to be where and kind of get my schedule right. So I know how many days I'm going to get in trouble for not being at work. So, and I mean, for a lot of us that, uh, you know, we're making some choices based on, on, like you said, schedule availability, that classic deal is going to cost a lot of us a week if it goes on to go, you know, so we went, we went all the details as early as, as possible to make, uh, you know, choices for, for ourselves. It's a lot of money to travel and do these tournaments. Clifton so. Allen said everybody can stay at his house for Louisville, okay. so we're good. I'm, da- I'm down. So, yeah, Steve did a lot. That was a shocking development. I don't know. I, mean, I don't know if anyone's from Bass is watching this, but uh, get out the checkbook, Bass. Keep Steve somehow. Yeah, that's that's the whole squad right there. Yeah. Uh, any comments on any of that stuff? I threw a few on the, on the uh, actual – Screen there. Steve said uh, he agreed the outcome might not change, but uh, it does level the playing field. That's kind of what we said. So, and everybody said hats off to Steve Owens. Of course, we love Steve. But with all that said, what do you say we bring Scott in here, man? Talk about Let's a little, do it. Come on. A little hog farmer. All right. Let's see if I can make this happen without hanging up on everybody. What do you think? <laughs> it's a, it's a crapshoot. All right, yes. Scott. What is up? How you doing? All right, man. Everybody, welcome, Scott Shawacker. Did I say it right? Perfect. All right, from uh, Hog Farmer Bay Company. Thanks for coming in here, man. We appreciate you. No problem. Thanks for having me. And thanks for being willing to give away some stuff. My goodness. Yeah, I appreciate that for sure. So, what's Scott, happening? How long? How long have you been in the bait making business, Scott? I think going on like seven or eight years now. It's been a while. Longer than I realize sometimes. And tell tell everybody where you're located in case they don't know. We're in uh, Saudi Daisy, Tennessee, right outside of Chattanooga, right nestled on the edge of Lake Chickamauga. Because if you ain't from Saudi, you ain't nobody. Every everybody is aware of that. Steve O, Steve O, Scott, and kind of brought him into the fold in our local kayak club, TBKA. And Scott's been great, you know, supporting us, helping us out with product. He, you know, helping us out with with state dues and whatnot. I mean, been a great asset to to the local kayak community. So only only felt right bringing him on for a rig season because I know a couple of our familiar faces have been smashing fish on a rigs the last few days. Holy cow! 
AJ and Jay. Shout out to AJ and Jay. They were just killing them. They went to Kentucky and put a pounding on uh, on rig fish, man. They've been, been really getting after them. Hi, yeah, guys. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's, yep. that's all we do. No, tell us a little history about Hog Farmer, man. Tell us a little bit about the company. Uh, history. Okay. Um, well, I guess we kind of we kind of became known back in probably 2014, 15 when Raji Brown started hitting all the, the, the bigger sacks on the a rigs here on Chickamauga. Uh, I think there was a 37 pound sack and then it went up to like a 40 plus and then almost a 50 <laughs> and uh, uh, had social media been what it was today back then. I can't even imagine what would have been, what would have happened with all that. It was, uh, I don't, I don't, we couldn't have handled it. That's for sure. We couldn't handle it then. So is it, a, is it your a rig fault? So many people are on Chickamauga right now. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I guess. Kind of. So you, you got uh, – I throw the BFL rig. That's – I mean, fishing – you know, fishing Tennessee-wise, that's kind of – that's my go-to, so I just leave that one tied on. So what's your – if you had to pick one of one of your, your setups, what do you like? The big one? Do you like the little BFL rig? What's what's your what's your favorite? I, I think the BFL or the BFL, our newer BFL flex rig, which is going to have a little bit more uh, pulse when you – you know, a little more flex when you pulse it. Uh, I think that that's a really great startup rig, but uh, the harvester for the last three years has put more fish and bigger fish in the boat than anything we make. It's 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 been really really impressive to 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 see everything it's done. The harvester, so you guys that have have never thrown them. Take notes, take notes of these names, so you you know what you're looking for when you get on the hog farmer site later. I had it pulled up before we came on. That harvester is an absolute monster. It is not. It is not a monster. It it's looks not, like a monster. It looks like a monster. But it casts like a dream. Uh, it is not very big. It's not very much heavier than anything else. Uh, it just it's double layered. Uh, it puts off a, a little bit bigger profile. But honestly, it, it it's it's nothing. Really. Yes. Okay. So, for guys that are that are just looking into uh, throwing throwing rigs, what what do you suggest? You know, what what action rod are you are you recommending? You know, what what do you like to see people slinging yours on? Well, uh, you can literally pull it off with a flipping stick. Uh, you know, it doesn't have to be a a, a super special, uh, you know, technique specific rod. Um, however, it's a lot nicer at the end of the day, if you have one, uh, but, uh, you know, these rigs are not heavy, especially if you're fishing them with three and a half inch swim baits and eighth ounce swim baits heads, which, uh, the majority of people do, uh, the biggest sacks that I can think of all came on that exact setup. Uh, and, uh, like I said, it's nicer to have a, a technique specific rod, but uh, you don't have to have that. I mean, you're literally throwing an ounce and a half to two ounces at the most, unless you're wanting to fish deep. There are guys that, that catch fish in 40 foot of water with these things too, you know? Um, but the way they're fished on the Tennessee river and typically anywhere in the South, you know, most people are catching their fish in 
you know, suspended fish in seven to 12 foot of water, you know, over 30 maybe. However, the fish are, you know, suspended in the, the middle of the water column. Yeah. If you guys you have, have any questions, keep, with keep the firing them away. Jeff? Sorry, Ryan. You, What's that? You throw one much, Jeff? Yeah, well, I throw it fairly often. We're the, I live up here on the White River Lakes, and it's clear water for the most part. Um, you know, so the, the, it's easy to throw that around here. There's not a lot of muddy water that's going to obstruct throwing big swim baits or A-rigs or anything like that. I don't throw it as much as I should probably, uh, just because I got bad shoulders and elbows anyway. <laughs> so I'll throw it for a little while and, and put it down. But it did it did come in clutch for me a few times over the years at that uh, Kentucky Lake National Championship, first time they had it. Uh, really pulled a fish late on a rig. Um, otherwise, I wouldn't cash a check, and I so I had the pleasure of sitting there till three in the morning because of the a rig to get my check. Because of the a rig. Because I actually, Thanks, I had a custom a custom a rig rod built last year. It's like seven six, but it's got a, a really long handle on it. But I mean, it just the leverage it gives you. I mean, you literally flip your wrist, and that that rig goes freaking 50, 60 yards easily. Uh, if I if I were a man looking to really get into uh, to slinging one all winter, I would highly recommend you know looking into a, a technique specific rod on that. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I used to throw uh, them on like one a of the guys, action rod. <laughs> yeah, I'm one of the guys like Scott said. I'm throwing a just a seven foot six flipping stick and just making do with it when I throw yeah, it. So yeah, I got you. I'm just trying not to discourage people. I mean, it. it the majority of people eventually get a technique specific rod, but you can pull it off and, and totally uh, learn the technique with, with, with a, a decent flipping stick, honestly. And what do you, I mean, what do you recommend? Steady retrieve. You mentioned pulsing it. You, you fish yours fast and slow rolling on the bottom. So just talking to everybody for the last couple of years right now, you know, just picking everybody's brain that calls me and wants custom rigs and stuff. The pulse is the big deal right now. Uh, like I don't get out and fish it enough to be able to tell you, but I, there's a, there's a reason why we made the flex rig. Uh, and I've had customers call me and specifically tell me they catch more fish on the flex rig and they're willing to sacrifice uh, durability for for uh, for more fish catching, you know. So explain that thing. I just threw it up on the screen for people to see. Explain what's going on with the arms there. Well, they're just we make them out of thirty five thousandth wire versus forty three thousandth. So uh, there there's going to be a lot more flex. The middle wire is still out of thirty five, but it's straight, so you don't really have to worry about about it breaking or bending. And you know, sixty percent of the fish are coming on that middle wire too. So. But however, the outside wires, the bottom two will catch fish uh, because there's a hook there. And uh, I just like to tell people it's going to break quicker than a regular BFL rig. That's all there is gotcha. to it. Kind of along the same lines cool. of uh, the spinner baits with the, the high vibration. You get the Absolutely. high vibration, but you, but you trade the uh, breakable wire. Huh? Yeah. And then another thing you got to think about is, you know, boat flipping fish. It's really hard on the rigs. It's hard on the spinner baits. Uh, boat flipping is as bad on a rig as is as anything. But I love to do it. I love oh, absolutely. fish on a rig. Yeah. It looks so cool. I like yeah, boat flipping does. fish on it. <laughs> How do you boat flip a fish in a kayak? Same way. It's easier. You're closer to the water. Plop it right in the middle. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Just sling it up there, man. Just eat the hooks and all. Just sling it right in there. I can dig it. 
Yeah. Uh, we got Katie dropping the links in the comments. We appreciate you, Katie. Uh, let's see. Any questions for anybody? We got the what rod suggestion. Ryan already kind of went over that, and so did Scott. Uh, I, you know, I clicked around on your website a little bit. You know, you're known for the day rigs, but you guys got a lot of other stuff on there as well. Yeah, we, we're we're starting to have a lot of stuff. Um, it's starting to become overwhelming, actually. <laughs> yeah. Did, yeah. Did it start out just? you know, specializing in just the A-Rigs and it's kind of branched out from there. A-Rigs, A-Rigs and, uh, let me see, three weeks before Jacob Wheeler won with the hair jig on Chickamauga on the ledge fest or whatever they did years ago, uh, I had hired somebody that, that was in the production fly tying at one time. And three weeks later, hair jigs are the deal. So we were literally within by the thursday of, of the week after the tournament was one on a hair jig we were already filling orders to shops so we we hair jigs became a really big thing for us for a couple of years we got lucky and buddy gross won a, a major on i think pickwick with our hair jig uh that was an amazing summer i think i had nine or ten people tying for us uh that summer it was crazy Corey That's racer great. says you guys make the best scrounger heads. We make a nice, we like, we have a good scrounger head. <laughs> I like the scrounger and the spunk shad. The spunk shad's a really good, uh, really good bait to throw on it. I just used that spunk shad in Mexico for six days straight and had a ball with it. It is a really fun bait to catch fish on. Where'd you go in Mexico? Uh, Lake Baccarat. Mm, I hear that's nice. <laughs> it's pretty nice. Yeah, this year was Almost more of a uh, more numbers this year. I caught 470 plus fish in six days, probably lost 150 and, and quick released by the boat just so we didn't have to release them. Probably 200 plus uh, yeah. over 200 of those fish came on a ledge hog. If you wow. know that, yes. Uh, they had never seen anything like it. I could pull into an area and catch. The first day I pulled in and caught 40 fish in a row, 40, ca 40 consecutive casts. It was stupid. What? Yeah, it was a lot of fun. I got to look hey, into that. that. That explains Garrett Campbell's comment a little bit ago. He said Scott was too busy catching those Baccarat fish to worry about Tennessee River stuff. I didn't know what that meant. <laughs> yeah. Now you know. He's catching bass like Matt Scotch is catching crappie down there in Texas. That's right. So I, I was worried for Scotch the other day. I thought he was one of the guy arrested that I saw on the Fish and Wildlife page. But. Our buddy went out and they, he said they smacked like 600 crappie the other day. <laughs> and then we saw an article about Texas Parks and Recreation busting somebody for having like 400 crappie fillets. There was like, that happened to a guy around here. He got on a low, he got back in Soddy Creek. There's a little hot water there's a, there's a water plant where they release hot water and he went back there and caught fish for days and eventually TWRA kicked his door in and he had a whole freezer full of them, hundreds oh of gosh. them. So, you know, we're talking about all this hog farmer stuff. Scott has been gracious enough to do a hog farmer, a uh, hundred dollar hog farmer gift bag giveaway at the end of this thing. So you just have to be watching this and have shared the stream and of course be following and like the hog farmer page. Uh, we've had, Oh, quite a few shares already, so appreciate y'all. But make sure you're watching at the end so when we announce your name, you can say something in the comments or we'll go on yeah. to the next person. And if you, if you get on site, make sure you get some hog farmer swag 
Uh, I had on a hog farmer t-shirt a couple years ago in Nashville at loser's bar. And this guy like taps me on the shoulder and he's like, what do you know about hog farmer? And I didn't recognize who it was at the time. He was wearing a suit. And I said, ah, I was like, you know, they, they, uh, help out our, our local kayak club. I'm from Chattanooga. And he's like, yeah, I know hog farmer, blah, blah, blah. And I asked who it was. It was Jason Lambert. And <laughs> we sat there and, uh, hung out for the rest of the night, ended up, you know, exchanging numbers i got him and wife in a couple of kayaks and uh, we've we've been buddies ever since all thanks to the t-shirt that i won in our hog farmer big bait pack at tbka awesome. small world yeah when you're walking in the street you got to wear the colors man if you know mm -hmm. you're a fisherman you never know what conversation that'll that'll spawn oh yeah we're getting some comments on ryan's song coming out from last week buddy i can't wait till addison finishes that thing up and cuts it yeah, I'm a, Casey Storms. I'm gonna support that one. Yeah, he may uh, he may get a few downloads on Spotify. Make some money on that. <laughs> least, so what what have you got coming up for you, Scott? What's what's next on the agenda? What's what are you gonna conquer after this? We're working on some tungsten stuff right now. Um, gonna we're we're gonna go super micro, like almost like ice fishing size. Really? Yeah, I want I want something that that can be tied on the eight or 12 pound test that's heavy enough with with the soft plastic on it that you could either catch a crappie on it or a bluegill or a bass i want this multi-species stuff i've i've went real big for years and years and i i, I see everything going micro now and i want to i want to definitely jump on that so you talking about swim bait heads or jigs or what are you talking about i'm talking about miniature swim bait heads or jigs yes okay like literally with smaller than a one-aught hook. Wow. You get little. You getting real little. We're working on a on a tungsten silver buddy right now. Ooh, that'd be nice. Ooh. Ooh. I need that for I need that for next weekend. I think we're gonna go up. Uh, I'll I'll be taking a rig with me for sure. We're gonna go up to El Hollow uh, this weekend Saturday for a tournament up there. Hopefully, I'll catch some. Big brown fish. Well, I'll probably end up catching a bunch of largemouth, to be honest with you. But I'd like to get him some big brown fish while I'm up there. Is that uh, is that Jackson's birthday yeah. celebration slash Bass yeah. Nation weekend? Yeah, we got a uh, we got a cabin booked up there. It's Jackson's 18th birthday. If anybody's coming up to fish the tournament, holler at us. We're gonna have a little shindig afterwards. Social distancing will be strictly for us. Don't don't even try it. We know that you'll be safe. <laughs> Right. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, man. So, uh, Scott, with the, with the COVID this year, everywhere, everyone I've talked to, and, and I'm sure, you know, you felt this as well over there in this industry, it's been the busiest year you've ever had. Have you felt, have you felt that there where you're at as well? It has, it's been amazing. Uh, it's been hard keeping up with everything with, with like, you know, our, our lead supplier right now is literally, 16 weeks out for unpainted stuff uh so if you forget to order something or run out of a size and didn't realize that you didn't have another box of it you're you're looking at three months out or more so uh that's a that's and even china right now is uh it's three or four months out because everybody in the united states has over ordered panicking every to their u.s suppliers and china suppliers so now now it's just you need you just got to wait till you your place in line catches up, you know. The uh, sporting goods shop down the road here 
I was in there talking to the owner the other day. He said that just the little cheap buckets of of lead, you know, whether it's uh, slip weights or or pinch on whatever it is, he'll put the whole bucket out, the little you know, ten cents a piece, and somebody will walk in and buy the whole bucket. Wow! Yeah, you know, like buying buying ammo right now. Once they once it goes out, they buy it all off the shelves. You know, I haven't paid attention to that, and I, I've not been to Academy for about three weeks or four weeks, but four weeks ago, the shelves were empty. I'm assuming they still are. Uh, yeah. I don't know when that's going to be fixed. Yeah. It's going to be a while. So we what did you do? What did you do to get into, to get into bait making? Like how did, how did your, your path kind of take that turn to where you not only started doing it, but then started doing it, you know, full time and opened a successful business. Well, um, when I was working for my parents, uh, I started making them and, they we did foundation repair and the economy wasn't the best at the time so i was able to get off work a lot uh so that gave me the freedom and the time to, to kind of develop the bait that i had developed uh but soon after i started making it people t told me that i made the best one that they could find around here and nobody's ever told me i did anything the best that they could find <laughs> in my life. So i literally doubled down on it you know i mean i uh and uh you know made a few more steps and you know uh, acquired a plastic machine so i could uh you know inject plastic and stuff like that and that kind of set me apart from you know most of the other garage builders at the time and uh i've always been an entrepreneur so it kind of it just uh my parents were ready to retire or let me take over what they were doing and uh, i didn't like working outside when it was 29 degrees and under houses and stuff like that and working in the fishing industry for less money actually sounded like a good idea. So I, I started doing this. I and think it's it pretty well then. <laughs> yes. I, I truly feel like this is, uh, is what, you know, God's path for me is. I mean, there's been so many times when so many amazing things have happened during, you know, my adventure with this business that has just made me want to continue to do it and not stop. So, I mean, we're, we're, it's, there's, failure is not an option at this point. I don't think you have to worry about it, man. You, you make a good product and, and, you know, really give back to the community. And I think that's kind of, you know, when you keep a connection with your customers, that's what drives a successful business. Absolutely. See, I was a, I was a customer myself. I mean, starting this, I was the biggest, I throw swim baits and, every kind of fishing lure there was i used to use picasso lures and everything out there you know so i'm a consumer myself you know so that that's kind of what makes it easy especially when when you get to go out and go fishing more and and not stay cooped up it really helps with you know the ability to, to design and have new ideas and just you know kind of move and innovate with the with the industry I like those uh, underwater videos you post, like that, you know, the Upton's worm and stuff. Like that's, yeah. gosh, that, those are, uh, Katie, Katie needs to drop a link to that. If y'all are looking for like, <laughs> especially ledge fishing, I love them on a, on a ledge, these giant worms. Uh, kind of hard to, hard to ignore if you see that bouncing through the water, I feel like. That video has, has probably sold thousands of packs of worms for me and Josh. 
I'm sure uh, those are <laughs> those are pretty sweet. I can't can't argue with those. What's your opinion on the lake on Chickamauga itself? You know, being, being right there, being in the middle of it. You know, you hear all the stories of guys coming in. How do you think the lake's doing? Do you think that we've seen its peak? Do you think just you know a slow a slow year or two? Like, what's your what's your opinion on what's going on? Uh, I. I know it's getting harder and harder for for the people who are the best on this lake to catch fish, but they're also still catching big fish. Uh, oh yeah, like uh, the, there's a kid that works for me. One uh, during the time I was in Mexico, caught a nine and a ten, and when I'm flying home on the way home, he sends me a photo and says, "I think I got you beat for the big fish for the week." And he stayed at home to do that, I, you know. <laughs> Well, you know, you know Kevin Drake, I'm sure. Kevin, he works for me. Oh, is that who you're talking about? That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. Kevin stays on. I don't know. I don't know what kind of mojo he's got or what kind of goats he sacrifices at home or whatever. But he stays on big fish. He had, you know, he's had multiple forty pound bags off chick. Like he's just a freaking stud. So when you see people like that still catching fish. That's what makes me question, you know, is it the lake that's going down or is it the fish are just getting harder to catch? Like, I don't They're think the fish are getting harder. harder. Yeah. Yep. It, the, 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 the lake is, is still healthy uh, and there's definitely big sacks being caught, but uh, it every day there's more and more traffic. Uh, yep. you know, it's, I mean, even, even on – even on Thanksgiving Day, there was a lot. There was more traffic than 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 some people thought there would ever be. So, you know, all day. Do you think Watts Bar is going to be the new hot spot? That's what I keep hearing. I, I have been hearing some really good stuff about Watts Bar. I've heard about twenty-five pound plus sacks on frogs in the summertime. Uh, I, the ledges have always been good there. Um, I think it's coming, especially if if the vegetation continues there. Yeah, we're going to give it a shot. I think we've got a February uh, kayak tournament. The Hobie BOS series is going to be stopping up there for a for an early early season tourney. So that has potential to number one put out some big bags, but number two put out some big bags on a rigs if uh, if the weather cooperates with us. However, every tournament that I've ever heard of that's went there, it's always tough. And everybody. <laughs> well, that's every tournament we've ever had. It seems like never, never heard of a tournament. Them. I've never heard of anybody going there and just whacking them. Just so rare that you ever hear that. It's tournament day. That's it. Never works out like that. Remember the big flood that happened on Chickamauga last year? You know, it was like freaking ten feet every night. We were fishing. We were in the middle of a tournament when that happened, like in kayaks out there. It was awful. That's tournament day. Yep. So did you guys see the comment from Ryan Murphy he said they see the same baits way too much. Has that kind of led you into developing these smaller tungsten deals you were talking about, Scott? Uh yeah. Yeah. And and I'm I'm trying to really appease to the to the bigger crowd. I mean, you put stuff with a a seven aught hook in it and you're you're targeting twenty percent of the country at best. You know, uh I run stuff with a with a one aught hook in it and I People from Minnesota can use it. People from Wisconsin and Tennessee can use it. You know, uh, I'm I'm really trying to appease to my audience better. 
That's good. Yeah, I'm interested to see the finesse offerings. That'll be cool. Yeah. I am too. We had another specific question for you, man, about the three six mini rig. I'll try to throw it up on the screen here. They asked about the weight of this thing. I can probably tell you real quick. Hold on. Okay. He's in the he's in the right place for answering these questions, Jeff. Ryan, I'm getting the hang of the screen sharing, man. I'm toggling no, stuff you, back and forth. I, I don't want to say this, but you might put Katie out of a job. <laughs> Never. We, that, that check that we send Katie every week, we may be able to put that back in the budget. I work, I work for the government. Double doing stuff is fine. We're hiring here at Hog Farmer, by the way. Katie, if you need, if you're looking for some employment at Hog Farmer, Katie, Katie's an OG. She'll forever be employed by us. I know. For the same, same exact salary. I was just kidding. JK, Katie, JK. <laughs> you're not going anywhere. Scott's back to working on 17 grams. 17 grams. Oh, he, he threw it on the you scale. You literally just weighed it right now. Okay. All right. So that's the kind of service you can expect at Hog Farmer. He'll go weigh it for you immediately on the spot. Right on the scale on live. <laughs> so that's like uh, three grams over a uh, half ounce. Very light. Very light. The heaviest thing, once you put three swim baits on there, that's the, 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 yeah. the soft plastics is where you get your weight from. What do you, uh, what do you, you said three and a half, three and a half inches? Typically, yeah. Or, or I, or on my bottom two, I might do like two, 4.3, or I might do two, three and a half. And in the middle, I might do a four and a half. Just something different. And what's your yeah. opinion on the different colors? I know some guys will. You know, they'll throw one with some chartreuse or something to kind of draw that draw that strike. We since I put chartreuse on our website last year, about this time, we've sold a bunch of them. Uh I don't know if you know that Matt Robertson guy that on them. Uh okay, so he was he was on Kevin Baxter's uh podcast. Oh no, get out of here. You can't drop Kevin Baxter's name on here. We're gonna turn the internet off tonight. Get out of here. Bait man. So, so he was he was on 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 Bateman Live, and somebody asked him. Uh, they typed, "What's your A rig secret?" And, and he said, "Chartreuse blades." Before the the podcast was even over, I had already people messaging me wanting to buy them, uh, straight up, and, and we've sold them ever since. So this I, whole time, I, I I've spent my two year, three years ignoring Kevin Baxter, and now you're telling me that he actually he's he's sold some baits for you. Oh, he's got some selling power. That's for sure. To Kevin. Definitely to Kevin. Uh, I was throwing Chris Payne's uh, question up there, but it looks like he figured it out in the comments. He said, how much is 17 grams in redneck? But then he found, he found a converter. <laughs> a, qu so, a quarter and an eighth. A quarter and an eighth. <laughs> Tell Chris Payne to go hand draw us a, uh, a logo, Jeff. He, he doesn't need to be on here listening to this podcast. Yeah. Screw <laughs> you. He's got his art no. set out. Katie's dropping the link. She she even dropped Baxter's link in the dang comments. Come on, Katie. Send him a bill for that. Yeah, for real. For real. Everybody's dropping their favorite swim baits in there. Three point eight Kytex, Tackle HD swimmers. But uh, you guys make some good looking stuff on the side. I've never used any of the uh, Hog Farmer soft plastics, but now that I've had you on here and dug around a little bit before the show, I'm interested in quite a few of them, including that one Ryan mentioned, that giant bottom hopping worm. 
Yeah, I don't. I don't watch. I don't make that. I don't make that. I sell several other brands of of other bait companies that aren't you know really well known. Uh, Another thing you might want to check out is the the Wormers uh, by uh, Magnum Baits. I did really good with them in Mexico. It was a really fun bait to use. They come in eleven and a half inches. They they the thing probably weighs two ounces by itself, but uh, it is it really catches them. Even on the fall, like before it even hits, before it even makes it to the bottom, they snatch it and, and swim with it. Really, it's like a, a Cinco with a little bit of a, of a reaper tail. Okay. Red dirt kayak fishing. What is your preference in terms of line when throwing the mini rig? I'm, I'm always fluorocarbon. I stay away from braid. I feel like braid transmits a lot of sound. Uh, I've used the water wolf trolling with 200 yards of line out and literally as soon as i engage the reel and start reeling it you can hear the braid come through the eyelets at 200 yards away so yeah that's that's just like when you were it's like when you were a kid and you have the 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 string and in the the cups with the phone same same deal uh i feel like that that sound is is a is a major turnoff for the fish however Kevin uses braid and has 40 pound sacks. So, I mean, what am I going to, I know it works. I use braid just because I don't want to lose an expensive a rig. (laughs) I will dive out of the boat and freeze to death to get my a rig back if I have to. Absolutely. Uh, Let's see. Scott or Chris had a a question for Scott said, are those feather blade baits yours on the site? Yes. Those are hog farmer for sure. Anything feather. Okay. There you go, Chris. And my mother ties all of those. Really? Really? She's the tire. That's awesome. Family business. I like that. Yep. Couldn't do it without her. Andy, giving giving Ryan a second to the Upton's worm. I tell the truth sometimes. Always. At least a version of it. (laughs) So, yeah. (laughs) Whether it needs to be said or not. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, so everybody's hanging in there. We appreciate you. Remember, we're doing a giveaway at the end of the show. We've had dozens of shares already. So somebody's going to walk away with a nice gift bag tonight, courtesy of Scott. It's been an enjoyable interview. We appreciate you taking the time, Scott. Uh, if you have more questions, fire them off while we have him here. He'll go waste something else for you. He's got that scale back there. Have any, have any of you guys tried the uh, the 316 Rising Sun swim bait? I have not. It's a line through. It, it's basically a, uh, it floats. So it kind of, it forces you to fish it slow or, or, or it'll kind of wash out and wake. And I think for, yeah. for you, for you kayak guys, uh, you would destroy it on Chickamauga with this. I mean, literally two thirds of my, of all my very best friends, their, their personal best are on this, this bait right here, including mine. Really? Okay. Yes. What, what is your personal best king of the big baskets? You know, I honestly don't know. Uh, <clears throat> I've had two that I know are over 10 pounds, measured them, but never had a scale. Uh, I just caught a 997 in, in Mexico. I was three 100s away from 10 there. Uh, I've went there three years in a row for a 10 and not hit one yet. So uh, I honestly wow. I, I honestly can say I've never seen a 10-pounder on a scale that, that I've caught, but I know I've caught a 10-pounder, unfortunately. I've got to get one myself. I haven't cracked 10. That's, that's on my to-do list. 
It's a great story. <laughs> <laughs> almost. I got a several almost. That's that's how you have to have to live life. You yeah. got you got you got me intrigued with the with this three sixteen swim bait because I don't have a chickamauga here, but it's it is the season here for us to fish this power plant lake that we have that has a bunch of giants in it and swim bait fishing's a big deal. So I have to uh, get on your site and give that an order. Give it a try. So the top hook is going to be good for when you want to bounce it off of the bottom in maybe seven, eight, nine, ten feet. It's got more weight in it because it, it, it is the top ride. The hook rides on top, so it has to have keel for the weight. Uh, like I said, you can fish that on the bottom. The, the, the uh, bottom hook, you're going to be able to fish in six inches of water with total ease. So anywhere you've got submerged vegetation uh, that's just under the water that you don't want to hit, this is the bait to do it with. Wow. I have to look into that. That looks nice. And when you catch a fish on it, like I like I have absolute giants on it, when they're jumping and doing whatever they want, they've got that hook pinned right in there, somewhere in their mouth, and the bait's gone. They don't have the weight of the bait to throw it. So your, your chances of you catching that fish are extremely good. Got a question, and again for Scott from Sean Ahi, if you say that right. If you had to, I don't know if you can see it on the screen there. If you had to pick one bait out of all you offer to have someone try anywhere in the country, what would it be? Hmm. I mean, for a good time, throw an A rig. I mean, it's you, you probably couldn't. Uh, I think you could use an Alabama rig in every place in this country and, and catch a fish with it at some point in time so i saw greg blanchard he posted a video not too long ago in california uh out throwing the a rig having having a pretty having a pretty nice time himself i know josh stewart he he throws the throws the rig quite a bit too yeah he's a beast you know, and it's time that the first few tournaments of the year it could be a player right i mean the first few bos events it's you know oh, february sure. and march for sure. Yep. I know that it, uh, it used it used to be a player all the way until June, but apparently everybody has forgotten what Casey Martin did in June and July uh, many years ago. Nobody attempts to do it anymore. But I mean, eighty degree water temperature, thirty pound sacks. It, it happened. I watched it. You know, it's funny. You know, the, all the Bass Pro tournaments outlawed it. Uh, you know, the Elite Series and, and BBT and stuff. And it kind of trickled down to where, like, you don't even hear about the kayak guys or even the mid-level tournaments using it when it's legal as much anymore. Is it not as effective or just not as popular? It's not as effective. Unless it's, you know, unless it's the conditions are perfect, you know. Uh, the, the noise it makes when it hits the water has a lot to do with it, too. Uh, bladed rig, unbladed Alabama rigs still catch fish really well. I mean, it's just the potential for a 40-pound sack just isn't there. So nobody really throws them. But I don't know if you guys remember when the uh, W, not the W, but PTA fished on Douglas years ago when, when Shiniki Fukai won. Uh, he won on the Megabass uh Alabama rig with no blades on it and everybody it was blade mania at that time I had literally five different groups of guys drive to literally to Saudi Daisy from Douglas to come get a rigs at the time and uh and it was one with a rig without without blades uh and that's because everybody's throwing them you know uh and 
in a, in a clear, deep water impoundment like that, it makes perfect sense. Let's see, see. I'm trying to find out if we get more questions. We wore for them you. out. So before before the tournament last year, the Hope tournament on Chick in February, we were killing them on the rig pre-fishing. I mean, it was perfect. They were they were smoking. But then the flood happened, dirtied the water up, and it just it, the rig bite fell apart for me. So <laughs> pretty much everything fell apart for me in that one. Maybe maybe the chartreuse would have helped you. Maybe I don't know, man. It was my spot had no current. They they weren't running anything through the floodgates. I was down on the south end of the lake. I had just logs floating around everywhere with nowhere to go. It was it was pretty pretty bad. I should have made a move. Well, one of your local guys has a question there, Ryan Garrett Campbell, local legend. Oh yeah. He asked, "What's your go-to floral brand and pound test for throwing that rig?" Is I'm using the cigar. Red label because I'm cheap, but yes, me too. It works just fine, man. <laughs> yeah. It works just fine. Yeah. When, but when the money, when, it, when, when I want to make sure I catch all those fish, I'm probably going to use the Invisex or something like that, like I just did in Mexico. Hey, let me tell you something. Mark Springer on our group page, Ryan, slid a little hookup link out there about two weeks ago. They had that Invisex for 10, 11 bucks at Bass Pro. I loaded I it. I saw that. They were giving it away. I didn't believe him, but I went and got a bunch of it. That was, that was a good deal. Uh, any more questions for Scott or Ryan? Let me let me ask you this because, like I said, I don't throw the thing as much as I should. I know conditions need to be right. So, what if if the day is a perfect a rig day? You know what what's that day going to look like? What kind of water? What kind of uh, you know wind conditions? Uh, what are we looking at if it's a perfect day to throw that rig? Uh, I'd say a little bit of wind, uh, lots of clouds, almost no sun, and. Uh, 42 degree water temperature. You say 42? Yeah. Okay. 42 to 48. Pick a day that's snowing on Chickamauga. That's a local pro tip. If you if, if it ever starts snowing on Chickamauga, get the boat hooked up and get out there as fast as you can. Or or when the pressure's dropping. If you can get out there when it, when the pressure's dropping a, a good amount, it can make it really fun. It's like somebody asked what size rod to use again, but I think we answered that earlier. You know, you can get specialized yeah, rods and or just flipping stick. I'm actually, I use eight foot. I use eight foot rods. Now, I do have all custom rods now because I know better than to go out and throw them all day. <laughs> I'm also 44 years old, so I'm not going to do that to myself. I feel that. Andy Webb asked, uh, uh, "Do you do you fish any rivers with a rig, or do you uh, use the same as you would on lakes?" I don't fish rivers. Like I go below the dam every once in a while and try to catch fish, but as soon as I drag them on the bottom, I lose them, and or I catch a catfish. It's it, below dams. River situations aren't great for for a rigs for me, uh, especially below Chickamauga. It's so shallow and rocky. You got to have something, preferably with nothing to hang up, <laughs> to get through there. Almost like a bottom bouncer, like like wires that have nothing on them on the bottom. There's some freaking tanks down there, though. Gosh, there's some big smallmouth and largemouth. I love sure I love fishing below chick. There's many seven, eight, nine, and ten pounders swimming around. I heard there's some some uh, that would rival a rival a state state bag big fish. Really? I'm not yeah, heard that's of that. What I heard. That's what I heard. 
heard heard a local, local pro might have caught one on a a rig and didn't uh, didn't want the attention cast down there. <laughs> yeah, I don't believe that. Well, but yes, but, but maybe. I mean, I saw some pictures I, I, of it. <laughs> there's. But if you saw pictures, pictures of it, I believe it. There's pictures out there. It was a huge fish. I don't know. I don't know if it was over 13, 14, but it was a tank. It was giant. All I can go with what what was claimed. So uh, Ryan, see this question here. You're the low, you're the recent Smalley King with the TOC victory on Smalleys. Greg asked if there's a specific rig to throw for smallmouth fishing, or is it just all the same and change the bait size or what? Uh, to me, I think I mean smallmouth fishing. I, obviously, I think if you're throwing a rig, I probably wouldn't throw giant baits anyway. But smallmouth are super aggressive. Like the trick with smallmouth is get around them. If you get around a smallmouth, there's a good chance you're going to put it in the boat. I mean, they're just hateful fish. The the trick with smallmouth though is they love the, that shallow water. You know, ripples, rocks everywhere. It's hard to get a bait like that to you know somewhere they want to be if you're fishing a deeper river like a current seam or current breaks then you can target you know some deeper rocks some boulders that kind of stuff i think you'd be a lot more successful throwing a rig in that setting than than trying to catch them in, in super shallow water we actually make a minnesota rig that's for basically for smallmouth that has it's basically a five wire eight blade with with just one uh snap in the middle on the middle wire for a swim bait really? because in minnesota you can only have one hook so my friends that andy young josh douglas that live on uh minnetonka or not minnetonka on uh, malax will use that in the, the late fall and they'll absolutely destroy it i, I want to hit that spot too we had some some kayak hammers that went up there after the lacrosse tournament and they beat up the big small mouth. Like, yeah, they, they were putting up some really, really nice fish. Wow. We're not going to keep Scott too much longer. If you have any more questions to slide in into the wire before we do this giveaway, get them in there real quick. It's been a really good interview, man. We appreciate you coming on here. Uh, spreading the info with us. No problem. Thanks for having me. All right, Jeff. What do you think? You want to spin the wheel? Spin the wheel. But spin like it said, like you got to be watching did. to win. Spin, spin the wheel like AJ did to Shane on the TOC, the boat giveaway, where it stops on his name and it goes to somebody else. Oh, yeah. I don't have an actual wheel. I'm just going to have to get over here and do my little scrolly scroll and see what happens. You need to and get I, a wheel and have Ashley come in and spin it for you. Whoever wins can, can – uh, can text message me their 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 order and we can get it out to them. Okay, awesome. Instead of me just All sending right. whatever I want. <laughs> All right, drum roll, drum roll, please. Here we go. You ready? Greg Moldrew, you are the winner. Look, are at you Greg. watching, Greg? He is. He's getting <laughs> comments all night. Oh. I guarantee he is. There he is. I see his comments. Ah, oh, Minnesota. I'll throw it up there. Greg, are you yep. still watching? You are the winner of the Hog Farmer APAC. Say something in the comment we know. Otherwise, I'll go to the next next guy or girl. But yeah, that's awesome. Scott, we appreciate you doing that, man. Um, yeah. No problem. Once you get once you get your stuff, Greg, make sure you uh, post up some pics of it. Especially if you catch one. I want to see if you, if you caught something yeah, big on post, it. Post up some fish with it. That's what I want to see. 
Oh, he's in there. Thank you so much. He said, confirmed winner. Greg, you are the guy. What's he? What are you fishing out of, Greg? Can't see what kind of boat that is. And your profile pic is too small. But congratulations, sir. So, like I said, message. You want him to message you on uh, Facebook or email, or what do you want him to do? Did you just say that to me? Yeah, Facebook, email. How do you want to get a hold of you? Yeah, Facebook's great. Okay, so send him a Facebook message, and he will hook you up. Anything else before we get out of here, Ryan? Nope. Uh, <laughs> next week, we have a special guest coming on. Uh, do we want to see who it is, Jeff? What do you think? Yeah, yeah, let's talk about it. So, we got, you know, all, all the changes that are happening in the tourney scene. Everybody was all up in arms about uh, fishing chaos. So the best way that I know to clear up any rumors is just go straight to the person and bring them on here. So we have fishing chaos owner coming on next week. He's going to demo the software platform. Tell us kind of about the background of the app and what all it does. And then let us decide you know, if, if it's worth looking at or if it's just, uh, just a, another joke. So we'll find out next week. Who says we're biased, Ryan? I, I don't know. I'm trying. I'm trying to find them, man. I, I don't know. Yeah, we're just we're just out here bringing the news to the people. That's all we're doing. That's it. That's what we're here for. Yeah, it'll be a funny. When maybe, just maybe, we'll have another big announcement next Monday if we can get to some maybe. stuff done. This we week. might. We might. Just might. All right, man. Well, but, I appreciate you coming on, Scott, and I look forward to slinging that a rig. Me and Steve-O are going out friday we're gonna hopefully get you some good content that you like uh and, and hopefully get some big fish on it stop by next time you're you're in this area oh we'll do man i'm always i'm always around all right love to love to have you in the shop yes sir all right That's thanks fun, you bet fun times thanks everybody see you next month okay. Bye.